0: Guys, let's talk about sex. Really, really good sex. Remember the good old days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients such as Viagra and Cialis so you know that they can work. You could take them anytime, day or night. This isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants the extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. BlueChew prescribed in alignment and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in USA, and since BlueChew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay the $5 in shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code MLB to try it for free.
1: are Locked On Astros, your daily Houston Astros podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day. I'm Locked on the Houston Astros and I hope that you join me for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Your team every day. You can get Locked On Astros on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device paid podcast, Locked On Astros. So the Astros lost again, and this is the second loss in a row. So now the series is tied two to two. I'm being joined by Will Moriarty. Hopefully, he's able to kind of be my voice of reason in this times of insanity. Where can they find you at? <laughs>
1: they can find me uh, being eminently reasonable all the time on Twitter at uh, Will Moriarty86. Eric, that is Will Moriarty86.
0: Well, I don't really think you should lie on the podcast. But speaking <laughs> of lying, how good did Justin Verlander pitch today?
1: Oh, it was great! It was tr- it was terrific! It was uh, it was wonderful. No, I mean it was uh, obviously uh, pretty rough. Uh, certainly. Um, by his standards i mean you you wouldn't if you just look at the result like five six innings or so of uh of, of four runs on the board you would think that maybe that would be a little more acceptable if it, if it was like an archdi start or if it was uh, you know maybe granky or, or one of these uh one of these other guys but from verlander and cole uh you have certain expectations that those guys have set especially i mean all their careers but especially this season and and so, uh, Justin Verlander, he was obviously going on three days rest. I'm sure we'll discuss that. The result, it wasn't there tonight. He, he didn't have his stuff.
0: Yeah, it took eighth inning homer by Robinson Torinos to even one run. And it was just a disaster of the game. The Astros only got six hits. They're 0 for 3 with runners in scoring position, and they're making all the Rays relievers look like they're all Cy Young. And uh, it was just a weird, weird game. It's been a weird series as soon as it shifted to Tampa Bay, and I don't understand what is with that ballpark. But the Astros are now, let me see if I can remember, I think it's like 9 and uh, 21 in their franchise record versus them. I believe it was 9 and 18 or something, or 9 and 19 or something in that ballpark. But that's just crazy. And I don't get it. And I know they're trying. We talked yesterday a lot about momentum. And the Astros were trying to break that momentum with Justin Verlander. Unfortunately, like you said, he did it on short rest. And I'm not so sure how much of it was Verlander wanting to do it or A.J. Hinch saying that he wanted him to do it. So either way, I still think that it was the right idea. Unfortunately, Justin Verlander is 36 years old. And he did not look comfortable out there at all. He kept on throwing balls high. He kept on uh, his fastball kept on traveling up, and he couldn't get it down in strike zone. And you saw Choi uh, kept on swinging at some of the high pitches, and but he still allowed a walk in that inning. And it was just he it just wasn't Justin Verlander. You can tell with his same yeah. his mannerisms. He's normally out there cocky, like I'm the best. You know what out there, and but. Today, he just didn't look the same, and he just, unfortunately, he didn't really kill the Astros' chances of winning today. That was the offense, and the offense has struggled ever since we got to Tampa Bay, and hopefully the day off, and then they get to go home. They, t- they play very well at home, so maybe this will kind of get the offense going again. And Garrett Cole will be on the mound, but he yeah. just didn't look good. Yeah, I think no, uh, no.
1: As you alluded to, uh, obviously the the body language was bad. I think he he knew pretty early on that wasn't going to be the night. And if anything, weirdly enough, it it might be a situation where it could have been worse, perhaps much worse, than him leaving. I believe he left. No, he left when it was four nothing. So yeah, I mean, it, it could have been even worse than that, uh, given how rough he looked, especially in that in that first inning, where I mean, Josh James was up with two outs, two outs into uh, the ball game, uh, and it was just not. Justin Verlander. Uh, I just watched Dontrell Willis's analysis uh, on the post-game show on TV. He said it's, you know, I've never seen Justin Verlander have that little command of his stuff. And, uh, I mean, he just, you, you know, the breaking pitches weren't breaking, and like you alluded to, the fastball was going way up out of the strike zone to the point where perhaps if he did, if he knew that the breaking stuff wasn't breaking right tonight, maybe he could have compensated for that with uh you know blowing the fastball by guys maybe up in the zone but you have to be kind of you know nailing that fastball right around the zone uh for that strategy to really work and if all you're doing when you throw that fastballs is just riding up and and you're walking people then then you're kind of left with nothing you're kind of you're kind of screwed so uh again i'm i'm you know just looking at how rough things were in that first inning i'm if anything, I'm kind of glad that uh he was able to mitigate the damage enough you know to leave with just uh for nothing instead of something worse,
0: yeah, Verlander allowed nine pitches all season with the exit velocity over hundred and seven miles per hour. They had three tonight The raised it, and one of those was a um Homer that hit the catwalk and it was just that was a blast. It just seemed like everything that Verlander. Through that was in the strike zone they hit because he was having such a hard time finding strike zone he did have three walks he did have five strikeouts he allowed four earned runs seven hits and three and two-thirds innings he did allow two homers as well and a lot of people said well he didn't look like and you kind of talked about it he didn't look like he had the stuff so why didn't you pull him earlier and uh, a lot of people say well you shouldn't have started verlander first place okay well jose quirti came in how well did he do he threw 50 pitches and what one and two thirds innings. He allowed three hits. Uh, he had three strikeouts, one walk. So if he came in and had the same results, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter at this point because the offense can't seem to score any runs at the moment. So any more thoughts on this before we go to a break?
1: Uh, no, no, no. I uh, <laughs> I would prefer not to think about this ball game a lot.
0: Well, the bats are ice cold, and uh, if they're going to get the win in Game 5, we'll talk about that after the break. If they want to get that win, they're going to have to get start hitting. And we saw George Springer get two hits today. That's a sign going in a positive direction. But remember, get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Astros on the new Himalaya Podcast app or Apple Podcast. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Lockdown Astros. Listen in your car to or from work every day. The postseason is brought to you by Vivid Seats. With the playoffs here and Game 5, Thursday, Be There, Be Square, you don't have tickets? Well, why don't you go to Vivid Seats? Vivid Seats is the place to go if you want to get those tickets online for experiences that will last you a lifetime. Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchase experiences, as well as an in-app loyalty program. Go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the Vivid Seats app. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. Download the app and enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And if you want those ALCS tickets, you're not going to get them through the Astros, you're going to have to go to through Vivid Seats. All right, welcome back to Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Stros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Your team, every day, even if your team lost for two straight games to the freaking Rays, they're still your team. Will, where can they find you on Twitter?
1: Oh, they can uh, find me at uh, WillMoyarty86. That's WillMoyarty86.
0: Well, I guess uh, if you want to win the lottery or something then uh don't look at the astros runners and scoring position because the odds of them getting a big hit in in those situations is not good in this series it's five for 26 five for 26 will that's just crazy and i just the bats are ice cold like i kind of talked about before the break but the rays have gained so much momentum i know they've had more fans than they've ever had in their stadium, it seems like, and I love the way, I think it was uh, some somebody on Twitter said, it sounded like every time uh, something happened, they have something up on board that says, okay, you're going to go ahead and applause now. You're going to go ahead and, and boo, because everybody just did in unison like somebody was trying to tell them what to do, but the Rays have the momentum, but the good thing is the Astros have a day off, and uh, they have Garrett Cole on the mound, so uh, how much do you think that Plays into what happened in the last two games. Uh,
1: I think. I mean, obviously, the the Rays uh, will be, uh, you know, and should be pretty impressed with themselves that they have that they've managed to stay in as a series, take a series to a game five, a decisive game that most everybody thought the Astros were going to sweep in three. So certainly, they're going to come in uh, very, very confident. The facts are the facts, and they're they're still going to have to face Garrett Cole on full rest at Minute Maid Park. So they to say they have their work cut out for them is I mean, it's, I mean they're you talk about a, a tough place to play. Garrett Cole um, in you know an all important game at Minute Maid Park on a Thursday night, roof closed. It's it's going to be a tough order for the Rays to uh, to come finish the Astros off. But again. Like we're alluding to, I mean, the Astros' uh, offense, if if they're going to wake up, now would be a good time.
0: I know that A.J. Hinch kind of tried to put a spark into offense today by switching Brantley and Altuve. Uh, second and third in order, and they also switched Reddick and Trinos. But I think that was also because the Rays could be throwing a lot of bullpen guys at them, and they just didn't want to bring in a bunch of lefties, stuff like that. Uh, it was just one of those weird games where Michael Brantley hits a line drive to the first baseman, and he uh, steps on first base for a double play. And it just seems like every time yeah. the Astros, like even the play to end a game, Yuli hit the ball right up the middle through the pitcher's legs, it, at least it seemed like. and uh, But unfortunately, the Rays were shifted that way, and they were able to get the ball. And there's just so much that just went towards the Ray side. But a lot of people can say, well, that happened on the Astros side when we played at Minute Maid Park. So maybe uh, things will kind of take a shift in a positive direction. So you think that Mattress Mac is getting nervous at this point?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident about, uh, I mean, the Astros have their best situation possible. Uh, to to get past the Rays and and, and move on uh, to take on the Yankees, they, they have they have their best you know best foot forward uh, with Cole with you know being at home where, where they've done so well uh, this whole season. That's that that's really all you can ask. I mean he'll be on full rest. Um, uh, so, I mean, at some point, if the Rays manage to come home, if they manage to do what they've done over the last couple of nights, then come to Minute Maid Park and beat the best pitcher in the entire planet in, in a game five and, and just shock the world, then I don't know what the hell else you do besides just tip your cap. Because that's a, that's a tall order. I would I would say the Astros are the, uh, the clear favorites in Game 5, as, as crappy as we all feel this evening.
0: Well, you know a lot of people probably won a lot of money over the past few days betting on the Rays because they were the underdogs in both games. But nope. uh, Mattress Mac, in that situation, with him making a bet, yes, he's going to lose the money on the bet, but he's also not going to lose the money on the mattresses. So that's something to kind of look at as well. So a little bit of positive news the, The Astros have homered in 29 consecutive games. It's the second longest streak in MLB history. The Yankees had a 31-game streak earlier in the season. That's great. That's fine, Danny. I'm more upset about the fact that the Astros have lost two in a row. So the Astros head back to Houston, and it'll be Garrett Cole versus, I don't know if they've announced it, but I'm assuming Tyler Glass now. I think hopefully the Astros will be able to do something offensively because you know they're going to probably bring in Glass now. We may even see uh, Blake Snell and maybe even Charlie Morton if the Rays feel like they need to do it. So um, this actually sets up the Astros rotation, assuming they advance, uh, for the Yankees. I know a lot of people are like, we have Zach Rehnke starting game one. Yes, you do. Uh, But that's fine. Justin Verlander would be set up to on regular rest to pitch in game two. And then you'd have uh, Garrett Cole pitching on regular rest and plus in game – no, actually just regular rest uh, in game three. Then probably Jose Arquiti. I think they learned their lesson. They're not going to try to do another short rest type of situation unless their backs are against the wall. And then Grinky could pitch game five, Justin Verlander game six, and Gary Cole game seven, if that goes that far. So the Astros are not as bad off as we think they are, but they still have to beat the race.
1: Yeah. And uh, looking ahead, one thing I, I thought about this evening, uh, obviously, uh, you know, we're all focused on the postseason right now, but looking ahead to the 2020 season, uh, there's a, there's a certain segment of the, 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 uh, the fan base and the, the Twitter crowd that would like to see Granke traded uh, in order to pay for uh, Garrett Cole to return one thing I would caution about that is that if you do that uh, even assuming that 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 plan works and that granke can be traded and that, and that that trade uh, frees up the money that uh, is the deciding factor to you know entice Garrett Cole back to Houston. Uh, that still leaves you down a starting pitcher. And we're kind of seeing that the, the Astros are not built uh, like the Rays uh, where we're really kind of, you know, ready to just, oh, well, we, don't, we don't have, um, you, you know, two to, uh, we, we don't have four starting pitchers. That's no problem. Um, unless there's going to be kind of some huge organizational shift um anytime soon, the Astros are fairly traditional about, you know, having, uh, five starters and, uh, and, and, uh, they're, they're going to need to, uh, think up a game plan, um, that, uh, that, that is, that is pretty, um, pretty creative if they're going to move Granky uh, to, uh, to make room for Colt.
0: No, I don't think they can even move Grinky. It was so hard to move him to the Astros. The Astros had to take on a lot of his salary and give up a ton of prospects, and I think it would be a bad look for the Astros to trade Zach Grinky. Yes, I know he hasn't looked great in the postseason, but he threw eight and two-thirds no-hit innings in his final start of the season. So this guy has stuff. He's just going to have some bad nights, just like we saw Justin Verlander have a bad night tonight. Everybody's going to have a bad day. And unfortunately, it was in a big game and on the road. And you couldn't take care of business versus Ray. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think the Astros will get creative with something like with Josh Reddick or something like that to kind of to free up some salary. But uh, I don't see them trading Zach Rinky for the reasons you said. So, guys, um, normally this is the time we'll be making predictions. But uh, I think we're going to save that for tomorrow's show. But thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play the podcast. Locked on Astros.